This is Michael Popak, Legal AF, with breaking news in the evolving fraud and scandal around Representative-elect Republican George Santos. Three different prosecutors' offices have now opened up an investigation into Mr. Santos to get to the bottom of his financial misdealings, where he got $700,000 to lend to his campaign, and every aspect of his fabricated resume that he used successfully to campaign for election in New York. And let's look at all the things he lied about and how unscrupulous and how um, terrific and horrible all of these comments were. He purposely, it appears, manufactured a resume for himself that was tailor-made to resonate with the voters of his unique and personal district. What do I mean by that? Well, let's start with the first one. Many of the voters in Nassau County and the eastern portion of Queens, outside of Manhattan, many of them have friends and family and loved ones and associates who died on 9-11. So a perfect candidate would have a 9-11 aspect to his resume. So what did George Santos do? He lied and said that his mother died in the South Tower. That is a lie. How do we know that? Because in his own social media posts, in his own interviews, he either said that his mother died in 2016, 15 years after 9-11, or he claimed that he, both his parents, mother and father, worked in the towers but survived. Uh, This is all on video. This is all easily refutable. Yet his campaign platform, his campaign resume, pushed the 9-11 storyline in a district where that would matter. He also claimed he worked in financial services, working for Goldman Sachs and Citigroup, when at the same time, he worked at the Dish Network in customer service, earning an hourly rate. Why financial services? Because many people in that district work in financial services. So now he's checked two boxes. He claimed that he was Jewish, not only Jewish, but a grandchild of Holocaust survivors who fled where? Ukraine. So now he's checked the Ukraine box. He's checked the Jewish and the Holocaust survivor box, pulling on the on the uh, heartstrings before the purse strings of potential voters. All of that is a lie. His family is from Brazil. They never lived in Europe. No part of his family lived in Europe. And he's a Roman Catholic. Nothing wrong with being a Catholic, but there's something wrong with claiming that you're Jewish and standing in front of a group of other or Jewish Republicans, and claiming that you are one of them and proudly standing there as a Jewish American uh, Republican running for office. That was a lie. But one calculated, calculated to appeal to the voting bloc in that particular district. I will go on as to his sexuality and sexual orientation. This is not something that I would normally talk about, except he featured it as part of his campaign, that he was a a member of the gay community, and was happily married to his husband. That's fine, except in 2016, he was also happily married to a woman. So he's playing both sides of that fence. He's got the gay community. He's got the straight community. He's he's uh, he's uh, Jewish, and he's apparently Catholic. He's in financial services, but he's not. He's got 9-11, uh, 9/11 memories and trauma, but he doesn't. And he's, uh, you know, just for added benefit, let's appeal to the dogs and cat lovers out there and claim that he followed in his mother's 
who who he claimed died in 9-11 in her footsteps doing charity because he created a pet-friendly charity. Also a lie, not registered with the IRS, and he had a GoFundMe page, which now brings me to the finances of George Santos, because in, in inventing George, like inventing Anna Delvey, you can't believe a word he says. You can't believe anything in his financial disclosures. He claims that he donated to his own campaign $700,000. From where did this young man get $700,000? He, he was convicted of embezzlement in 2013 in Brazil. He and his family had been evicted and sued for rent in the last five or six years. He's moved from rental house to rental house all around these various districts before he decided to run for office. And he claims that he got it from a company named after, conveniently, his mother's maiden name, the Devalder Organization. Is the Devalder Organization a Ponzi scheme? Does it exist at all? He claims that it gets money and fees from doing deals, from putting deals together. That it has ten, you know, a ten thousand in uh, clients. That it it manages assets all around the world. That it gets a fee when it transacts those assets or sells those assets. Is any of that true? I'm sure it probably is not. And therefore, the whole Devalder thing, if it even exists could likely be a Ponzi scheme, where he's taking in money from one client and paying it out to another with no real economic value being provided. Where else could he have gotten the money from? Well, one of the things he lists on his resume, which apparently is true, is that he's some sort of regional director for Harbor City Capital down in Florida. Harbor City Capital um, is alleged by the SEC to be a participant in a Ponzi scheme worth at least $17 million. Did any of that $17 million end up in George Santos's bank account, for which he then tried to money launder and wash it through his campaign through a loan? That is something that the investigators and the prosecutors are going to have to get to the bottom of. And there's at least three hot on the trail of George Santos. The Eastern District of New York in Brooklyn, federal U.S. attorney is investigating George Santos and his finances and his, fi- and his potential financial misdealings and mishandlings and where the source of this money came from. Is it Ponzi schemes? Is it money laundering? And the Eastern District will get to the bottom, bottom of it with the FBI. Not to be outdone, the Nassau County, so in the county in which this particular campaign took place is in Nassau County, covering most of Long Island and Queens. There is a district attorney. The district attorney is looking at every fabrication and lie on George Santos's resume, of which it's really everything other than his name. We're not even sure that's correct, but let's assume that's correct. Everything else is a lie. Um, to paraphrase the district attorney, she said the resume fabrication was nothing short of stunning, and her office is going to get to the bottom of whether election fraud has been committed. You can't just tell people you're one thing when you are not and get elected as a result and not potentially um, commit the crime of fraud, uh, fraud by dishonesty, and the rest. And then, not to be outdone, Letitia James, James, the New York Attorney General for the entire state, is also getting to the bottom of whether election fraud has been uh, committed by Mr. Santos. So the not aptly named Mr. Santos appears to be no saint at all. And now all of his lying, uh, as he's about to take the oath of office on January 3rd, seated by the Republican majority, 
Uh, in the meantime, all of those lies have opened the eyes and prosecution files for at least three prosecutorial agencies to get to the bottom of his financial misdealings and the lies that he told on the campaign trail to get elected. A brazen, calibrated, heartless set of lies about his mother dying at 9-11 when she did not, that he was in financial services when he wasn't, that he was Jewish when he wasn't, that he was a grandchild of Holocaust survivors when he was not, that he, that he graduated from colleges when he never graduated from any colleges, that he went to prep schools that he knew would resonate because other people in that elected district went to prep schools like Horace Mann when he did not go to Horace Mann. I mean, the list goes on, but think about the craven calculation of George Santos to come up with, in his mind, the perfect resume as a con artist to con the voters of that district. And now what are the Republicans doing as a result? Is McCarthy or whoever the Speaker of the House uh, uh, going to be, have they declared on the record that they will not seat Mr. Uh, Santos, that they will not swear him in to be in their majority? that they will instead call for a special election. They will refer him to the ethics, um, the ethics committee of, the, of Congress, that they will move to impeach him, to prevent him from taking his seat, all within the powers of the Republican Party and the majority. They'll do none of that. They're down to a nine-member majority. They don't want to lose George Santos. If he has to run for, uh, if that seat is open for a new special election in the next two to six months, It'll more likely go to a Democrat, which which uh, reduces the power of the majority even greater for the Republicans. And in their, in their own view and best interest of what's right for their party, they are going to seat a, uh, a con artist, and it's going to be up to the prosecutors to take him out of that seat through a conviction. Because once he is convicted, either by pleading guilty to any of these state or federal crimes that will be investigated for, or he is uh, taken to trial and convicted, then Congress will have no choice based on the House rules but to deny him his seat and to impeach him. But that's going to take a level of political courage and political uh, conviction that this Republican Party is sorely lacking. This is Michael Popak, Legal AF, reporting about the new state and federal and local prosecutions and prosecutors looking at the case of Representative-elect George Santos, his financial misdealings, and all of the lies he told on the campaign trail to pull people's heartstrings and get them to vote for him, knowing that it was a con job and it was a lie.